When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Mind Love, episode 53. Today's episode is all about mediumship and communicating with the dead. I value my hellos and my goodbyes so much more than I think I've ever given thought to. So I value the connections with people that I have, and I try to really consciously and then on really positive, loving notes. This time that we see each other, even if it's for coffee, it could be the last time. We just never know. Turn up your frequency with Mind Love. Bite-sized brain hacks for seekers, dreamers, and doers. It's time to give your mind a little love with your host, Melissa Monti. First, Mind Love is a CastBox original. CastBox is the fastest-growing, highest-rated podcast app on both iOS and Android. And for good reason. The app is awesome. Personally, it's my favorite and where I listen to all of my podcasts. You can still listen to Mind Love wherever you get your podcasts, but I hope you'll give CastBox a try. Second, don't forget to subscribe on whatever podcast platform you're listening on and leave a review if you can. Reviews really help to entice more amazing guests. Plus, it helps me grow the show, which ultimately helps me give more value to you guys. Hi, friends. If you've ever lost a loved one, you've probably had that burning desire to have just one last day with them, or even just one more conversation. Maybe you wish you would have said yes to go to his favorite restaurant that one last time instead of turning him down, or maybe you wish you would have said I love you one last time. When I lost my dad, the first few years I had so many regrets. Why didn't I spend more time with him? Why didn't I ask more questions about his life? Did I make him feel loved? I even regretted that time when I was seven, when my dad overheard me while I was hiding in the bathroom, telling my mom on the phone that I hated his house. It wasn't as good as ours. Regrets are brutal. But what if when someone passes, communication doesn't have to end? What if someone could help you bridge that gap between the physical world and the spirit world? What if you could even do it yourself? Today is going to be interesting and totally unique from other episodes, I think. We're not only going to talk to a medium and answer all of your most pressing questions about mediumship and communicating with the dead, we're also going to be doing a mini reading. And I think we made contact with my dead grandma. Be prepared, I do get a little emotional. This episode digs up a lot of past trauma with my family lineage and also some regrets I have with the death of my dad that I am still working through. Our guest today is teacher, medium, and author Emily Stroya. She guides clients to heal the past and connect with past loved ones. She's also the founder of online school Intuitive Soul Academy. Three key things we will learn are everything you wished you could ask the medium, how spirits communicate, and how to develop your own connection with spirit. Before we get started, I want to tell you about the best way to stay in your highest frequency between episodes. Thousands of listeners are loving my daily morning mind love emails. They're short daily reminders of your own beauty, magic, and power so you can start each day with your best mindset. Just go to mindlove.com and sign up right there on the homepage. Plus, you'll get some amazing free gifts when you do. First, you'll get a really cool free booklet of Powerless based on proven methods from the most successful people in the world to automate your highest decisions. Plus, you'll get a free guided affirmation meditation. It's set with a binaural frequency known as the Miracle Tone, which is known to make you a magnet for love, health, and abundance. Then it's layered with affirmations to perfectly tune your frequency for transformation. Just go to mindlove.com to sign up. Or if you're out and about, just text the word morning to 33777. That's morning to 33777. And now let's welcome Emily Stroya to the show. 
Hi, Melissa. Thank you for having me. Let's just dive right in. What's your backstory and how did you first discover your gifts? (laughs) Well, it started when I was around 17, 18 years old, and I had joined the military. I was in the Navy. And during that time frame, I kept feeling drawn to spirituality and self-help. And I was just very curious about like meditation and, and learning everything that there was to learn about like the different religions in the world to the mysticism and the spiritual aspect of philosophy and thinking and mindset. So that's when it really began for me. And I didn't even realize that it was beginning for me at the time, but it was a curiosity because I was looking for ways to heal from trauma and childhood abuse. And so during that time, I wasn't in therapy and I really wanted to find a way to help myself. And so the spiritual journey really began for me around this time. And then I moved to New York after the military and I uh, went to my first psychic ever. (laughs) And she was amazing. I mean, I really enjoyed my session with her. And I also felt like there was something about her that reminded me of myself. There was definitely this mirroring effect. And so I decided after that to look up psychic classes. And that's really the beginning of my career is I enrolled in a psychic development class. It was like just a thing. Like I was just curious. I wanted to maybe just develop my intuition and and get a little bit clearer in receiving guidance for myself. And it turned into like a two-year program. And now it's like an 11-year career. (laughs) So there you go. (laughs) From my understanding, all mediums are psychics, but not all psychics are mediums. So when you were first learning to develop your psychic abilities, when did you start to realize that you could also put mediumship on your resume? I was in a certification program and we were practicing a lot with doing like psychic readings and intuitive, uh, a lot of different intuitive exercises. And during some of the readings, what would happen is I felt as if like there was somebody else there with me, as if like there was a spirit there and I had never really communicated with a spirit, even felt as if there was another presence that wasn't like physically like in the present (laughs) next to me. So I remember in some of the practice sessions we would do with each other that I would start feeling as if it wasn't just information coming from an intuitive place inside of me, but that it was coming from somebody else, like a loved one who had passed away or possibly like a spirit guide. And so it felt almost as if like I was the messenger or the medium in this exercises. And it definitely freaked me out at first. I was like, oh no, like this feels very awkward and uncomfortable. So that's how it started. That that was the beginning of like me learning that there was a relationship to intelligence outside of myself that wasn't all from my intuitive wise mind. I feel like a lot of people wouldn't be open to communicating with the dead. I mean, I grew up with horror movies. So my first thoughts about spirits and ghosts were hauntings and terror. So there's a lot of fear around them. What was that experience like for you? Were you frightened? For myself, after it started happening, I was beginning very curious about it. I was like, is this real? Am I making this up? And like, there's a lot of times what happens to people is they start thinking they're going crazy or they're imagining voices. And so that was my fear. Definitely was that I was not in touch with my reality anymore, of which was not the case because I was very much in touch with reality, but I was just also experiencing the supernatural presences around me. And it would happen sometimes like randomly, just if I was hanging out with a friend or or getting coffee with a contact or just having a meeting with somebody I'd just met. But sometimes I would feel as if their loved one was around them. But I I didn't want to like just blurt out like, hey, your dead person is here (laughs) and really scare them. So it was something that took me a little while to embrace. And when people ask, they're like, sometimes they'll ask, like, oh, is, is your gift on all the time? And what I have to say to that is that I believe that everybody has a connection to intuition, to unconscious insight, to possibly intelligence. And it's up to us whether we listen and we turn the volume up or we turn it down and it becomes nothing. It is suppressed. So 
that's fine what happened as I started kind of ignoring it and I was just kind of playing with it in a way but nothing where I felt super committed to saying yeah I'm, I'm going to really learn about mediumship. I'm curious what your views are on life after death. My views on death have changed so much in the last few years. I read a book called Dying to Be Me by Anita Morjani, which is about her near-death experience, and it kind of rocked my views. Also, I think the biggest thing has been plant medicine. That rocked my views on not just death, but what reality is at all. So as someone who talks to the dead, what do you believe happens after death? Hmm. I feel like in the work I've done as a medium, to me, I feel like I'm discovering always new things about the afterlife and what is, what is a soul and how do we continue to exist? And my theory is that we exist as energy that is intangible and that we have a way of communicating with each other through thought form and feeling and that I really want to say that there are stages to the afterlife, but the afterlife to me feels very similar to Earth without all the chaos. <laughs> so <laughs> without all the chaos and the drama and the darkness that resides here, we continue our journeys onward in a way of which we may continue to explore the things we were passionate about here or learn um, or evolve in our perspective. We may take time for rest we may connect with our loved ones who have also passed in thought and feeling and in this love that we share. And we may also just gain new insight on our life on earth in a way of like, okay, I see now what that was, or we find healing in some of the traumas that have happened here on earth that we've caused and also that have happened to us. What exactly do you mean when you say we might keep exploring the things that we're passionate about here? How so? And what shaped that belief? So I've had clients ask me, like, what are they doing over there? And in my sessions with them, I'll ask the spirit in my thoughts, what's it like over there? What are you doing? And sometimes what I hear or feel in response is that they are either exploring a passion that they never got to explore here. So maybe they were... Uh, like a stay-at-home mom, and they spent most of their life committed to raising their children and being in the family, but they had a passion or wanting to educate or become a teacher or a nurse or something. I'll find out in those conversations in my sessions is that they have gone on to like work with people in, in spirit who are in those fields or have these schools of thought or intelligence where they learn the things that they didn't get to learn here. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, it does. It also seems like everyone has their own relationship with their intuition or their own means of communicating with spirit. And a lot of it is just learning how to get out of your own way or get the ego out of the way to connect with this higher frequency. So how do you communicate with spirit? Or I should say, how does spirit communicate with you? So for me, I experience spirit either through hearing thought that feels as if it's not my own thought, it's somebody else's thought that I'm sort of having this telepathic dialogue with. Probably similar if you could think of yourself as in a dream, if you've ever had a dream where you were communicating with somebody and having a conversation, or if you just imagined like the conversation you just had with maybe your best friend yesterday or something, you can hear that person's kind of voice in your mind, or you can hear sort of what they were saying, or, or just phrases that might stand out to you. So for me, I hear them in this way. And then I also feel them. So I can feel as if there is somebody next to me, or I can feel as if I know possibly how they passed, or maybe some of the things that they struggled with in their health, or sometimes just these like really interesting physical things have been happening where they'll talk about very detailed physical descriptions about themselves as ways to identify themselves to the client. So yeah, so feeling and hearing for me are very strong as well as sometimes visual like pictures and symbols. And so it's, I describe it most of the time to anybody who is learning how to connect with the spirit is that it's like learning a code. You're kind of building this Morse code with them. 
And it takes time to really understand what it is that they're trying to say. So they'll use parts of your life. They'll use parts of your story to say things about themselves. So it's like you're playing a game of charades with spirit. (laughs) Yeah. You mentioned that you believe everyone has these gifts. It just matters that they choose the path to develop them or to suppress them. So do you think some people are more naturally gifted or does environment play a factor? I want to say both. I feel like it's both. I feel like it's one that you may be a person who is a much more sensitive person ever since you were a kid and you can remember being highly empathic and things like this. Or it could be an environmental factor where something life-changing happens to you or a series of life-changing events happen to you, and then you just you start on the path. Some people will say that they never really believed in intuition and spirit until their loved one died. And then they started having these supernatural experiences that made them start thinking otherwise. So it's one or the other. Sometimes it's both. But I definitely feel that everybody has the ability to have an intuitive experience and a mediumistic experience. And whether or not you choose to listen to it or do anything with it or explore it deeper, it's up to you. But I do feel like in life, we are constantly learning new things about ourselves. We may not know that we're an amazing chef until we take a cooking class and we realize, oh, wow, like I actually have a talent to do this or I can do something with this. So it is similar to like anything that we explore in life in terms of passions and curiosities that we're rediscovering and reconnecting to, just realizing that we have a knack for something. I feel like if I had your abilities, or I should say when I have your abilities, I'd just sit around and drink wine with spirits all day. (laughs) So other than for work, how else do you use your gifts? Do you ever just communicate to uncover new information or to try to learn about the other realm? Yeah, I don't just do it for work. (laughs) I do it for myself. And I don't necessarily do it in a way of like I'm sitting and talking with spirit. You know, sometimes for me, it's a much more of like an everyday relationship where I'm not setting aside like five or 10 minutes or 20 minutes out of my day just for meditation. But I can find that I can have that connection with them while making dinner or I'm journaling or I'm going for a walk that I can have conscious conversations with spirit and quietly listen in the process. What has been one of your favorite stories connecting people to their past loved ones? We're all here just trying to live our best lives, right? And while you're here listening to a podcast, you might feel like you're on the right track, but then you visit family or you have a work deadline or something unexpected comes up and you're all stressed out and it feels like all the work is out the window. That's why it's so important to consciously curate what you can control, like who you surround yourself with, what you watch, what you listen to. So I'm going to add another podcast to your toolbox, The Dr. John Deloney Show. He has a PhD in counseling and has been sitting with hurting people for 20 years. He shares practical advice for everything from how to connect with people, how to face depression, overcome anxiety, and learn just what it means to be well. But what's really cool about his show is you can even leave a voicemail or send an email and he'll address your topic or question about mental or emotional help on the show. So no matter what you're going through, the Dr. John Deloney show is here for you. Listen to the Dr. John Deloney show wherever you get your podcasts or follow the link on the website. This show is sponsored by BetterHelp. I really need to get something off my chest. Being a mom of a three-year-old boy is really freaking hard and sometimes it has me questioning my sanity. But then he'll grab my face and call me his sweet little mama. Yes, that's a real thing he says. (laughs) And it will all melt away until I break his banana. I thought I was done with emotionally abusive relationships, but nope. We all carry around stressors, big and small. And when we keep them all bottled up, it can start to affect us negatively. Therapy is a safe space to get things off your chest and to figure out how to work through whatever's weighing you down. For me, just talking things through is hugely helpful, but it's so hard finding friends and family that are unbiased or non-judgmental. And therapy isn't just about dealing with major trauma, you know? 
It's about learning healthy coping mechanisms, setting boundaries, becoming the best version of yourself. And BetterHelp makes it super convenient too. Everything's done online so you can fit therapy sessions around your schedule. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash mindlove today and get 10% off your first month. That's betterhelp.com slash mindlove. What has been one of your favorite stories connecting people to their past loved ones? Oh, man. <laughs> There's so many. <laughs> you know, the one that comes to mind is something very recent, actually. I had a client who has come to me for years now. I don't even know how many years that she's been a client of mine, but she comes about once a year. And when she first came to me, she was in a very deep state of grieving and she lost her daughter very young. I think she was like maybe under five years old when she passed away. And I didn't know that she was looking to connect with her daughter, but she just told me she wanted a mediumship reading. So I said, okay. And so we worked together and I felt her daughter come through. And the information that came in was about like how she'd passed, how she was doing on the other side, who she was with in terms of the family and she gave some really great insight to her mom about their story as mother and child. And this really just kind of encouraging and uplifting message for her mom to keep going forward. And so every year she'd come back and we'd work together. And I think almost every single time her daughter would come through. Sometimes she'd come through for the whole session. Sometimes she would just be there very shortly, not for a long time. And eventually, over the years, I would watch my client grow from a very, really, like, depressed, borderline suicidal place. Like she was feeling very hopeless about her life. And she ended up meeting a man, re fell in love. She started going to therapy. She's doing some grief work. She started really committing herself to her spiritual journey and her intuition, as well as developing a very deep relationship with her daughter in spirit. And so just recently she reached out to me and she told me something that just warms my heart. She was like, you know, Emily, I just wanted to tell you that that session with you all those years ago changed my life in a way of like, I now know that she's always with me and I feel her around and she does these like funny, like quirky things with her. You know, she's turned her grief into love and humor and it's so just amazing and transformational. And she's also getting married is just in a much healthier, emotionally healthier, happier place. So what I've learned in this whole process is that mediumship can be really powerful for us in our grief, as well as helping us to just get messages to help us move forward in where we are stuck emotionally and also finding new ways to live our life with more joy and feel better at the end of the day. So yeah, it's pretty amazing. That's so beautiful. I'm like tearing up over here it's crazy I remember just like yesterday she came in and she was heartbroken you can imagine having a child and losing her it's the worst it's like the number one loss in terms of grief to recover from and here she is like years later and she's getting ready to have her wedding and and she's like oh what does she have to say is she gonna be there and I get goosebumps talking about it because I'm like I know that like (laughs) This woman's life is forever better, and she continues to just grow and flourish from having a, a mediumship reading. So I find that there's a lot of practical use from using spirituality, intuition, connection to ancestors and our loved ones on the other side as ways to help us also grow. Are all the spirits you communicate with people that have passed, or do you ever make contact with different types of spirits, like spirit guides or angels? So there are channeling mediums and other kind of intuitives. Everybody kind of feels a different calling. I know for me, I found that the most rewarding and impactful work is working with people's loved ones on the other side, as well as sometimes like spiritual coaching and guidance, like working on trying to get some clarity around big decisions in life. That's another side of the work. But for me, I focus mostly on connecting with with loved ones and coaching my clients to really feel empowered and find confidence in their plan moving forward. But there are different types of spirits from what 
I have experienced and felt myself, and they can be guides that you have never met before, and they're just around, they might be there to mentor you, they may have a similar story as you, there may be some sort of parallel, like parallel career, let's say you're launching into your business entrepreneur journey, and you've attracted a guide who may have been some sort of really like big entrepreneur at one point in life very well possible that you you'll have some sort of like business mentor as a guide as well. Yeah, it does seem like everyone has their own unique relationship or communication style with their intuition or spirit. Like some people slowly start to open up their energy and receive guidance and other people are just blasted open and suddenly hear voices clear as day. Actually, one such story I had Paul Seligon in episode 38, and he had a really powerful awakening that left him clairaudient, and now he has channeled six books, some even in front of a live audience with zero editing. They're just transcribed. And these books are just such profound truths. I've read all of them, and they're amazing. So for anyone doubting these phenomena are real, that episode will definitely shake up your beliefs. But for those of us who are interested in developing our own relationships with spirit, you mentioned your first steps were developing your psychic abilities. So what were some of those first steps that really helped you to open those channels? The first step I can say for sure is some type of guided meditation or visualization. If you can find like a meditation on connecting to spirit or a visualization, something that just feels the intention would be to connect with loved ones who have passed or spirit in general, like an all-encompassing, just high-energy sense of intelligence. So that would be the first step. Two is definitely reading and research. So getting some knowledge, reading books on it, looking up experts who do this work and getting their books and studying it. And then three is practice. So really to see results you have to get out of your comfort zone and like get involved in some type of class or workshop or circle, something where you can have a teacher who is instructing you and you can get results with students. You can practice and kind of play and in a safe environment where you're not just doing it alone and you're not just kind of like winging it, but you actually have some sort of guided focus for yourself. Yeah, but the thing is, we have so many voices in our heads already. I mean, if you're not a frequent meditator, that shit gets loud. So how do you know if it's communication from spirit or just your own monkey mind? Mm -hmm. That's a good question. (laughs) Uh, So many of my students will ask me that too. (laughs) And it's hard to discern at first. That's why I suggest to really practice with meditation and working with somebody because you can start to notice what is yours, like what you're just your personality, what you're throwing in there, (laughs) your own spice and what is spirit. So for me, whenever I started to feel spirit in the beginning, I just to me, it felt as if it wasn't coming from myself. So it felt as if there was somebody there or I felt like I was getting information outside of myself. Sometimes some of my students will say whenever they feel spirit, they'll feel as if there's a presence in front of them or behind them, or they just like there's a physical sensation in the body. So that's another way you can tell is any sort of physical sensations in the body that start to happen when you intentionally connect to spirit. You might feel as if like your heart starts to race a little bit more, and that could be also fear or anxiety, but it it does feel a little bit different from that. Or you're just feeling like your temperature changes slightly or feeling as if like there's somebody there who's maybe like gracefully touching your head or just kind of feels like a heavier kind of energy near you. Does that make sense? So physical sensations are big. That's definitely one way to tell that it's not your monkey mind, but also that your body is having a physical response to the sense that someone is there. Same thing like if you're sitting down and you're at a coffee shop and you're working on your laptop. And while you can't see behind you, you might feel as if there is somebody coming up next to you or coming to sit near you. Does that make sense? So we have these kind of intuitive feelings about things a lot in our environments as well. And that just is part of like the practice of noticing the energy changing, the shift in your environment within yourself and also around you. When you're doing a session with somebody, do you ever worry that spirit is just not going to show up? 
<laughs> yeah, when I first started 10 years ago, I was like, oh my God, I don't think I could do this professionally. What if I get nobody? Like nobody's coming. And, and if it ever happened, like it just, it was part of like the process. I just trusted that it wasn't the one for the job. And so it's very rarely happened that that's happened to me, but not anymore. And I don't have that fear anymore. It's I know that there's always going to be, usually, most of the time, there's always going to be somebody there. I don't want to put you on the spot or anything. Actually, I'm totally about to put you on the spot. (laughs) (laughs) But I would love to do a mini reading. Do you feel any spirits right now? I feel like there's a woman here beside me. She has this really, like, I explain, like, very gentle, graceful feeling to her. She may have just, like, carried herself this way in life. I feel... A second while I work with her. I feel as if like she, I don't know if she was uh, like a, f- a family member that kind of, she almost looks like as if like she passed a little bit younger for her age. Like I feel as if like she would have been on the younger side, not like child young, but it definitely feels like a young woman that transitioned on the other side. Yeah, that's how I'm sensing her right now. Does that make sense to you? Do you have, is there a female on the other side that's like would have passed in her younger years or just may have been a little bit young for her age to cross over? My grandma died fairly young. She had eight kids, but I feel like she was still uh-huh. just such a young mother. She died at 41. Okay. Would you be able to, like, <laughs> I'm just working with her for a second and she's kind of like making herself aware to me. I keep seeing like this picture almost as if like, I don't know if she had like darker hair when she was younger or if it was like very thick or something to do with it being, she keeps kind of bringing my attention to her face and her hair. And it's it's usually that she just was very beautiful. Like she looked really good for her age and, and that's what she's trying to highlight or it's like a physical, like a literal thing that she had darker hair. Does that make sense to you at all? Well, it's interesting that you say one photo because I only really have one photo of her. It's in black and white and her hair looks really dark in the photo, almost brunette. But from what I hear in real life, it was more of a strawberry light brown, kind of my color. People have always said I look like her, which obviously makes me feel good because they've also said that she was extremely beautiful. Okay. Well, it must be what she's talking about because she keeps taking me to this one image of her and I feel like I'm looking at some sort of like just picture of her and she keeps sort of highlighting her hair and her features and she looks <laughs> she looks great <laughs> <laughs> so so that's indication to me that she must have carried herself well or looked very well even in with the fact that she'd had several children and and everything like she looks like she carried herself very well when I connect with her she gives me this impression of her passing feeling almost like it feels very quick it feels like a pretty fast transition or exit from here does that make sense to you it just feels as if like it's really just downhill or it just happens super fast well yes she was murdered okay so as I'm working with her, I'm asking her why she's mentioning this, because it feels to me like it's very hmm, abrupt. It feels like it was just totally like on, out of the blue. So let me just work with her for a second as we talk about this. Can you understand that her, was her chest impacted at all? Is there anything to do with like the upper part of her body? You know, I don't really know. She was shot. It might have been in her chest. Okay, so that's where she's going because she keeps taking me to my chest and putting pressure in my chest. And I feel this really like strong tightness there as if I feel like I can't breathe. Okay. It's fascinating to me that she's very detailed about the cause of her death, which tells me that there's something about it that she wants to bring answers about. (sighs) At the time, was there some confusion over how it happened? There's this kind of question mark about this like the story that's what I'm sensing there's some sort of like question regarding the story of her passing does that make sense to you you know I'm not sure I wasn't alive at the time we do know who did it I don't know how many details you want though 
No, 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 that's fine. I feel like she definitely shows me that they know who did it, but there's some sort of like ambiguity or something that, about the storyline that just feels really strange. It's like, I don't know how else to say it, but it's just like some sort of something about it feels confusing. I don't know what that means. She keeps showing me like a, a building or a house. Which, did he enter her home? Like a break-in or something or living near the neighborhood. I keep feeling like I'm near some sort of building or house with her. I believe it happened right outside her home. Well, both of their homes. Okay. So do you know why she might be talking about this? Is there some part of the reason why she might be bringing this up? I don't know if there was conversation about it recently or you've been thinking about her, but it feels as if like she's, not necessarily bring closure. It feels like there is a fair amount of closure on what happened. But there is something to do with like connecting with her that's coming up. I don't know if there's something about you wanting to connect with her more. or You know, I have been thinking about her for some reason. I've actually never really been that curious about my family history until just the last few months. But I've always felt this connection with her, even just looking at that picture when I was a young girl. Probably because people said I looked like her. And our birthdays are one day apart. And I just always thought of her like this amazing woman, almost like an angel that I never got to meet. Yeah. She feels incredible. Like I feel like she has this amazing resiliency to her. And I see. She also wants to bring closure to family. Huh. Interesting. <sighs> okay. Is there any connection with your dad and her? Yeah, and my dad died also, actually. Okay, so she keeps saying I'm connected to her dad. Does that make sense to you? Yes. Mm-hmm. Uh, they must be related or something, because she keeps bringing this, like, bond between them. Does that make sense? Yeah, they were always really close. When my dad died, he wanted to be buried next to her, but he was cremated. So we buried part of its ashes in the same lot that my grandma was buried in. Okay, that has to be part of it, too. She's taking me to to dad. Oh, I just got this, these goosebumps. Um, she's giving me this feeling that she's taking care of your dad now. She wants me to tell you that, that they're, that they're together. Okay, I should probably fill you guys in. Here's the story about the death of my grandparents on my dad's side. My dad's parents, Robert and Joan, had eight kids. My dad was the oldest. My grandfather was apparently very abusive. My dad told me he would even tie my grandma up and whip her with cords and all sorts of unimaginable things. As my dad grew older, he started to try to defend my grandma. My dad said that that's even what motivated him to become an all-state wrestler, was just to learn to fight back. According to my dad, as all of the kids aged, the abuse started to move down the line of kids, and that's when my grandma finally got the courage to leave him and ask for a divorce. Well, he didn't like that idea, and he ended up taking her outside of the home and bringing her into his truck to have a conversation, and he shot her and killed himself. Well, the suicide note was like nine pages long, kind of rambling, and in it, he blamed my dad for the stress he called. He said he leaves everything to his kids and he named all of the other siblings, seven siblings, by name. And then to my dad, Robert Jr., he left one dollar, just like a final end of life burn. Well, seven of the kids were split up between family. And I know that most of them didn't feel very loved. So They've all kind of had a lot of processing to do. But at the time, my dad was 18, so he ended up being able to go out on his own and going down a path and numbing with a lot of drinking and drugs until he knocked up a woman at age 31, my mom. And that eventually set him sober for the rest of his life after a few other mishaps when I was really young. But throughout my life, this story was just unfolding as I got old enough to learn more. The first time I heard the whole story, I'll never forget, I went with my dad to an AA meeting and he was sharing his testimony that day. And I didn't think I had to pay that much attention until I heard the story. And I think he braced me beforehand and said, you're going to learn a lot about this family right now. And I didn't take it that seriously. I was 
pretty young. I think I was under 10. But it was shocking to learn that about your grandparents. And then to feel that loss, like, what would have happened if that life wasn't taken? What kind of grandmother would I have had? And this shaped my dad's entire life, as you can imagine. He talked about his mom and told me how I reminded him of her. He never spoke about his dad, but it really was his connection to a higher power that got him through everything. Because this all happened before I was born, I don't know many of the details, but now I am more intrigued than ever. So I'm not sensing him strongly with like right now, but I know that I feel like if she's giving the message that she was with him when he transitioned, like there's this feeling of that they come together and that she's been looking out for him and like they've reunited and there, there is peace restored in, in the kind of family wound here. But now it's interesting as I feel as if they are both on this journey with you in, in bringing healing to your heart and your life right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I'll take it. <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> I don't know if you've been sleeping a little bit better at night, but they're talking to me about your sleep and like she's either getting better sleep and, and the sleep patterns have also changed. Does that mean anything to you? <laughs> well, it could mean one of two things. Uh, I have been really conscious about making sleep a priority this year for the first time ever and getting a full eight hours in. But it's also funny because, uh, especially this last week, my dreams have been crazy vivid to the point that I've mentioned it to my husband and I have been wondering if it has to do with my intuition cracking open. It almost feels like I have more going on in my dreams than my life awake. (laughs) Yeah, it could be that and also then... Sometimes they probably knew that this was going to happen today, that you were going to get some sort of a session on this podcast. So sometimes, too, what happens is that people become a little bit more sensitive to their energy or to spirit or the sort of intuitive state of mind or being in this state prior to connecting with their loved ones. Yeah. It's almost like you're getting ready for like a big trip. And you might have the jitters before you go, or you might have a lot more vivid kind of feelings or just sometimes that happens with me at least. So, but it feels to me that they're both around you quite a lot. And I feel as if like they've been big advocates for you in terms of your healing journey, particularly around loss, but also like in this sense of your own identity, like finding your identity again, is what I'm hearing. Well, tell them I'm working on it. So (laughs) your grandma, I feel like she could talk to you for a long time. And so she feels like quite chatty. (laughs) So I don't know if you know that about her. She was just a woman who really enjoyed chatting with her family for long periods of time. But I feel like she would just love to sit across from you at the table and talk to you about her life with your dad. I feel like there's a chance that, that you will feel your dad and her around soon or just you'll have a closer connection to them. I just sense that they're, they're going to be around in this way of steering your spiritual journey and, and really also like you opening up, not just to your intuition, but to spirit, like really feeling this very deep awareness of them around. And I feel like I sense like dad comes through and gives me this, uh, uh, just like warm hug. Like, I, <laughs> yeah. That's really lovely. Just warmth that comes through with him and that he's okay. He wants you to know that. It's interesting that you, I mean, I'm glad that you specifically said something about her being there when he transitioned because it was always my biggest regret that he died alone. Hmm. Yeah. It feels like that really interesting too, that she wanted you to know very particularly that she was with him. Yeah. So I feel like he suffered in his house for a little bit of time before he crossed over. I was in college when my dad died, and I was flying from San Diego to the Bay Area pretty often to visit him. And one weekend, it was just really hard. 
He was moved to hospice. He could barely talk. I had to hold his cup for him so he could sit from a straw. And you have to understand that my whole life, my dad was like Superman. He was muscular. He had so much energy. I have visions of him doing pull-ups all the time. So to see him so weak and helpless was really hard for me. Well, the last day I was there, I sat next to his bed and just held his hand for over an hour and fell asleep with my head on his arm. And we didn't have a lot of intimate moments like that in our life. I'm sure he would have loved to, but I was kind of a standoffish teenager. Well, I laid with him for a while and he just slept and I just was cherishing the time. And my stepdad came to pick me up to go to the airport. Well, when I was a little kid, my dad used to grab my face and put our eyes really close and say, eyeball to eyeball, I love you. So I took his face in my hands and whispered, eyeball to eyeball, I love you. And I said goodbye and I looked back as I walked out of the room and my dad just stared into me with this longing look in his eyes like he knew it was the last time he was ever going to see me. I remember walking out of the parking lot and just breaking down, literally falling to my knees. And a few days after I got back to school, my aunt called and said my dad wasn't doing so well and I should probably come home. And I couldn't. It was too hard. And I was also young and immature and a little bit self-absorbed. But I'd already been dealing with this for a year and I thought, I'll go the next weekend. Just let me have one more week to recoup. And a couple days later, I woke up to a phone call that my dad had died. And it took me a really long time to forgive myself. And bringing up these feelings again, there's obviously stuff. I still need to work through, but it gets better. It's like a wave and it has its ups and downs. But even now, 14 years later, every now and then that wave just crashes into me like today. So thanks for dealing with my emotions, guys. We're getting raw today. (laughs) And now for another episode of lies we've been told about our health. We've all heard we need eight glasses of water a day, right? Well, hydration isn't actually about water intake. It's about the balance of water and electrolytes so that our bodies are actually absorbing the water instead of just passing it through. A lot of people go for those sugary sports drinks, but let's be real, those do more harm than good. I've found a better solution. Element. It's a zero-sugar electrolyte drink that's all about effective hydration. Each pack gives you essential electrolytes like sodium and potassium without the unnecessary additives found in other drinks. The team behind Element includes experts in biochemistry and nutrition, so they really know what they're doing. And it's not just for everyday use either. Elite athletes and teams, Olympic weightlifters, CrossFit champions, Navy SEALs, all rely on it too, which to me says a lot about its effectiveness. Here's what makes them really unique. They recently launched a hot chocolate line with flavors like chocolate mint, chocolate chai, and chocolate raspberry. Ever since I went alcohol-free, I've been really intentional about luxurious, health-focused drinks so I can sit back and unwind while actually doing good for my body. And the Element Chocolate Chai is great for relaxing in the evening or warming up after winter sports. And you can try Element totally risk-free. If you don't like it, you'll get your money back. No questions asked. Receive a free Element sample pack with any order when you purchase through drinkelement.com slash mindlove. That's drinklmnt.com slash mindlove to get a free starter pack with any order. I'm constantly sharing with my clients to stop searching in life and instead start aligning. It's true with purpose, with relationships, with higher versions of yourself, and it's also true for hiring. The best way to search is actually just to match with Indeed. Indeed is your one-stop hiring platform with millions of job seekers visiting every month, and their powerful matching engine helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Plus, Indeed lets you schedule interviews, screen applicants, and message candidates all in one place. But Indeed isn't just about speed. They also deliver quality. According to a recent Indeed survey, 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. I love Indeed because it makes hiring so much easier. I'm all about alignment in all areas of my life, and that includes people I hire to work in my business. So I need a hiring partner that makes it simple to find candidates with the right skills. And that's Indeed. And what's really cool is Indeed's matching engine gets smarter the more you use it, learning from your preferences and over 140 million qualifications. Plus, I love that I can do all my hiring in one place. It's just one less thing to keep track of between all of the other things. So join over 3.5 million businesses worldwide who rely on Indeed to find great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash mindlove. Just go to Indeed.com slash mindlove right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash mindlove. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Wow. (laughs) this can be powerful these little sessions (laughs) yeah that's only like what 15 minutes imagine like 50 minutes of working with them (laughs) yeah I mean I feel like I have more questions than when I started but it just kind of popped open my curiosity the situation with my grandparents has just always been kind of a tunnel of darkness for that side of the family it feels like it's healing now, though. I do sense that there's going to be a lot more growth for the family as a tribe over the next, like, 10, 20 years. And you may be part of that, you know, that your journey is also going to heal and be a source of light and transformation for the other people around you. Well, thank you so much for sharing your gift with me. Pretty impromptu. That was very intense for me, but I can totally understand how that can really jumpstart a lot of healing relationships with people that have passed. I already feel like I have a stronger connection, if that makes sense. So thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. I always suggest people, if they have sessions like this, especially with such a heavy kind of story, like you may be just more sensitive right now in this window, this like week. So I would definitely just suggest to take care of your body today and maybe even journal about, you know, this experience and and what resonated with you in terms of the messages. And, And it may just bring even more healing and also emotional relief for you over the weekend. It seems like you have to really get into your energy body and open yourself up to other people's dead loved ones. So how do you protect your own energy to make sure you don't drain yourself? Well, I set boundaries. So depending on like the amount of clients I have for the day or something, I don't really work with more than three a day. And I also just give myself like time after to process that. But I've also learned how to like let go, like to not be attached to a session. And that's one of the things that's super important in your development even as you practice is to not be attached to the results that you give. Like sometimes people get so, it's just, you get so wrapped up in your ego and like wanting to make that person happy and give them a a life changing session, you know, and it's part of just trusting that whatever comes through is there and it will serve its purpose. So it's like you're creating a masterpiece in a way. And at some point you have to let go of the artwork and just let the, the work speak for itself. And so for me, I've learned that through this career is to just kind of surrender and trust the information that comes through and also take care of myself. So emotionally and mentally detach myself from the session so that I'm not like still involved in it emotionally after that makes sense. What are the biggest blessings or positive changes that you've noticed within yourself since starting this work? In myself, I feel as if I have so much more gratitude for life than I think I've ever had, ever. And, you know, being in a relationship and getting ready to have a child, I have so much more gratitude for the life that I have inside of me and also the relationship to life. Like, just I value my hellos and my goodbyes so much more than I think I've ever, ever given thought to just in the way that I connect with somebody and, you know, we just never know. 
this time that we see each other, even if it's for coffee, it could be the last time. So I value the connections with people that I have, and I try to really consciously end them on really positive, loving notes. You know, and even if, if my partner and I have a disagreement, I, I just can't stand on the thought of us like going on our, our different, you know, ways for the day or, you know, in something and we don't end on, on a loving note, you know, whether it's just a kiss or, you know, I, st- I love you and I care about you, you know. So that's definitely something that's been really positive for me is valuing life and also realizing that it's, it's short, you know, it's not really as long as we think it is. It goes by like in the blink of an eye. So yes, you are getting ready to have a child. You're about to pop. (laughs) And I've heard from a couple other intuitives that motherhood really opened up their intuition. Have you noticed any shifts during your pregnancy so far? Yeah, I would definitely say that my intuition is very strong. I mean, it's it's been like a very strong source of navigation for me for a long time, but it's definitely heightened my senses a lot more. And interestingly enough, it's actually opened me up to healing a very strong relationship with some sexual trauma that I experienced with my father. So it's really like put me in full awareness of not only the trauma, but the stories and the guilt and the shame that comes with sexual trauma and finding a new way to heal through that using my intuition and also just reaching out for support. So I think that motherhood definitely can open up someone's ability to feel just in general, to feel even more immensely than before, and also to intuitively channel information for yourself whether it's for your body or your diet or your mental health or your spiritual health, I definitely have sensed a huge change in my own like mindset to my relationship to God, to the universe, as well as my relationship to myself has changed so much. It's, I mean, just very positive. It's very beautiful and incredible. Like I'm so intrigued by the thought of giving birth because I also see that to be a very spiritual experience of like being in this very primal state and allowing myself to be very connected to my body as well as to the intuitive aspect of listening to my body. So, yeah. You're also able to communicate with pets and that might sound silly to some people, but I am so awkwardly and uncomfortably close with my dog Maverick. (laughs) He's like this little part of me. Literally, he's like this shadow that's just with me everywhere. So I'm curious, how is that different at all from communicating with human spirits? Not that spirits are human, but (laughs) you know what I mean? I find that connecting with pets feels to me a lot more of like picture and feeling than so much like a telepathic thought where I feel as if like sometimes I'm having like a dialogue with the person in spirit with animals. I feel like I'm having a dialogue through like photos and feeling and they'll show me like different things about their life. And it's just, it's so much more simpler than, (laughs) than like talking with people. It just feels like such a more simpler conversation. And they sometimes will talk about like their death as well as a way to closure to their owners especially if their owners feel they should have done something more or things like that. They carry sometimes guilt around what happened in their death. So they'll kind of mention that, but their energy just feels just very light and very like kind of heavenly and very happy go lucky. There's just always kind of just freedom and flow with pets than with people I've noticed. They just, they have a very different vibration than we do for sure. Well, thank you for everything you've shared with us today and for allowing me to experience your gifts. So for listeners who are resonating with you and might even want to have their own session, where can they connect with you online? If you want to work with me, I offer sessions and I also do courses. I have online courses where you can learn how to become a professional psychic medium or spiritual teacher. So my website to work with me privately is www.emilystroya.com and that's S as in Sam, T as in Tom, R-O-I-A. And then if you want to study and actually learn how to develop your gifts, it's intuitivesoulacademy.com. Well, that was a lot. 
at this point, I have a ton of questions, but something about it did give me closure on some things I've been holding on to. It's been about a week since this reading, and since then, I've just felt this sense of calm. I also feel a greater connection to both my grandma and my dad. So some of you might believe it's in my head, but isn't everything in our heads? Isn't the way we feel the thing that truly matters anyways? Also, keep in mind that this was only 10 minutes or so, and as she said, spirit communicates in symbols, so it's like playing a game of charades. And just like in charades, everyone starts out throwing out guesses that are all over the place. And as you first develop a relationship with the communicator, and then start to narrow down the information you're receiving, the messages become clearer and clearer. So what are your thoughts? Let me know on social media at Mind Love Podcast if you have any experience or cool stories to share about communication with loved ones crossed over or anything of the sorts. All of the links in this episode are at mindlove.com slash 053. You can support the show by supporting our sponsors. And if you're enjoying Mind Love, please tell a friend, a family member, or a coworker about it. And don't forget to subscribe on CastBox or Apple Podcasts and rate and review on Apple Podcasts. Also, for some extra inspiration between episodes, don't forget to sign up for the Morning Mind Love at mindlove.com or text MORNING to 444-999. Thanks for giving your mind a little love today, and I'll see you next week. Thanks for tuning into your higher frequency with Mind Love. Head to mindlove.com for a free gift to keep your vibes up until next week. 